Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. I'm back with Rusty Crossland, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Rusty and I are the probably among 10, maybe 11, of the, uh, the founding members of A.L. Williams and uh, all the way back to 1975 and uh, what an adventure we have had together. But uh, we don't like to talk about the business that terrible much on these calls, but you should know that Rusty is a founder and uh, one of the great things he's done is had success and kept himself not just motivated but on fire and part of that may have to do with something he started early uh i mean lord knows how many years it's been going now he'll tell you his foundation and uh to give back to other people and it's going to be interesting to hear from Rusty how that has enriched his life, uh, probably in ways that uh, really surprise him. So welcome back, Rusty. Well, thank you, Larry. It's, again, uh, an honor and a pleasure to uh, spend some time with you guys. Yeah, and talk talk to us about what, what caused you, you know, when you have success, one of the reasons I'm doing this, and I wrote the book, and I've done so many things, is it hit me how fortunate I was to have so many really powerful, influential people in my life at my formative stages, and they were able to pass on, uh, you know, not hours and hours of uh, input, but the right kind of comment, the right kind of direction at the right time that were keys that I wound up using. I wound up using the rest of my life. So I figured, you know, I'm sitting on a ton of information, just like you, and I need to pass that on. Uh, and got, if we get to the right people, we can save them decades of working these simple little things. They're real simple once you figure them out. It's kind of like money. It's not important once you have it. But it's everything when you don't have it. And when you when you have a concept, you have a question in your mind, it can drive you nuts. You can go through emotional uh, upheaval and sleepless nights and this, that, and the other. Then someone comes in and says, well, just look at it like this or just hand it like this. And boom, that never bothers you the rest of your life because you know how to handle it. And so hopefully we're able to save people some time. And maybe we're uh, going to... Uh, plant some seeds about giving back uh, in another dimension, a more formal way, like you did with your foundation. So talk about that. Well, thank you, Larry. That's, um, uh, it's very special. Um, and I appreciate you giving me the platform to talk about this. And obviously it's, it's not about, about me. Um, but uh, when my dad passed away in 1994, um, you know, he had actually retired from A.O. Williams. Uh, you know, he worked in the mail room. He was a supervisor there. He actually worked in our home office. My mom uh, was my secretary, and she retired uh, at age 86. 
from my office. So it's always been sort of a family thing. But when my dad passed away, my dad was a was a unique guy. Uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot. He taught me early, or maybe didn't teach, it's not the right word, but he showed me early that it was better to give than to receive. And he, uh, he was the type of guy that would, he, he literally would give you the shirt off his back. I mean, you know, if he saw you broken down on the side of the road, he'd stop and help you fix a tire. I mean, that's just the sort of the, the, the image that I saw, you know, from my dad. And so I think, you know, I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to believe that I inherited some of those emotions, you know, from him. And so when he passed away, it was a it was a real tough thing, you know, when you lose a parent and and but uh, my business manager, uh, who is who's actually still works for me today, um, uh, he's a CPA and and uh, a business manager. But he said, you know, Rusty, you know, why don't you know why don't we start why don't we start a five hundred one c three foundation in honor of your dad? And you know, he was such a, a giver and you know kind of guy and here would be your opportunity to you know give back to the community and um it, it's it's sort of interesting how this got started larry believe it or not you know back up a second it actually started here in aspen it started here in aspen um probably early 1993 maybe um i was down walking my dogs along um, the, the river down uh, by the park. And the, I happened to notice over uh, at, at one of the picnic benches there, a young gal in a wheelchair with some kids in wheelchairs. And I was walking, I have two German shepherds and I was walking my German shepherds down there. And, and anyway, my male shepherd just sort of started to wander over towards these kids and I thought, oh, geez, please. I mean, his name was Arnold. I saw him behave yourself, Arnold. Anyway, long story. I went over there and I met an amazing woman named Amanda Boxtel. And Amanda was from Australia. Uh, she paralyzed in a ski accident uh, coming down uh, Ruthie's run in, um, on Aspen Mountain, Larry. You know it well and uh, then started a, a, a foundation for handicapped kids and uh, to give them a mountain experience. Literally, you know, teaching people that were in wheelchairs how to ski, uh, how to ride a bike, how to, you know, how to hang glide and do all these crazy things that I probably wouldn't do being able to walk. And I was so impressed by her, I I went right home and, and wrote her a check uh, and and deposited it into her uh, foundation. And then that's when I began talking to uh, my business manager about this and he gave me this idea and it just so happened that I that I've been donating money to Amanda and now I realize that this is something that I wanted to do not just for Amanda uh, and challenge Aspen but for our our A.O. Williams family, our Primerica family, our, our business family, and, and, and help people, you know, along the way. 
And so we initially started it with a million dollars worth of Citigroup stock back back in the day. And over time, um, you know, we just were able to give back to the community. We have a whole list of probably 30 to 40 uh, different uh, foundations we've donated to, charities we've donated to. Uh, we've donated, we've, we have, have had scholarships for our teammates' uh, kids to go to college. I've got one uh, teammate uh, from Kansas who uh, the scholarship that we gave his daughter um, allowed her to go to medical school. Obviously, I didn't pay for the whole thing, but it allowed her to get the original seed money to get in there and go to medical school. She's a doctor today. Really proud of that. And um, so over the years, we've just done a lot of things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, Amanda then uh, broke off and started her own uh, foundation called Bridging Bionics, which we've donated. Uh, I'm actually on her board and donated a significant amount of money to. Uh, so we do lots of things. Um, my kids are in and uh, every year uh, they bring me uh, certain, you know, charities or uh, people in need that uh, that they'd like for us to donate to, and we look at those. And as long as they, you know, are are consistent with our values, our our, our Christian philosophies, you know, and things like that. I mean, not necessarily Christian philosophies, but you, you you get the point. You know, they're 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 just the kind of people that you'd want to hang out with. You know, then I, I, you know, we donate uh, money to them. Then um, about five or six years ago, um, uh, I got hooked up with a great guy uh, who plays for the California Angels and um, met him playing golf at another uh, fundraiser that uh, I did for like 10 years with a PGA golfer, uh, Chris DeMarco. Uh, we helped sponsor his golf tournament for like, 12 years, uh, which was, um, you know, helping uh, kids with cancer. And uh, so anyway, that's how I got connected uh, with Albert. And uh, then we started going and doing, um, you know, his his golf tournament. And a bunch of our Primerica, you know, our business friends uh, have joined me and played golf with us out there and donated uh, also. Uh, but his his foundation deals with the poverty-stricken areas of the Dominican Republic and with Down syndrome children. And uh, two things that if you get involved with, they just, they just, they gravitate right to your heart and it makes you want to do more. I've done a bunch of trips down to the, to the door, going through the Batays, which are the slums. And where is this? And Larry, where is this that? It's in the, in the Dominican Republic. Okay. And uh, and so uh, you go through these slums, and they're the most unbelievable living conditions anyone can imagine. You and I have traveled the world. Okay. We've seen we've we've seen castles and we've seen bad places. Okay. But I promise you, these places where these people live are 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 probably some of the poorest, most unbelievable, you know, living you know, a habitat that you can imagine. And so you go down there and you see that. And it's, it's, and, and Albert has 
donated millions of dollars down there. You know, another interesting thing here, we, uh, yesterday was the first baseball, you know, Major League Baseball uh, games of the season. And Albert, you know, he, he's a league baseball superstar. He started a baseball program in the Dominican Republic in one of the little batets, these little slums. And at last count, like six or seven of these kids that literally came from nothing started a pro in Albert's program down there and have signed Major League Baseball contracts and have literally not only taken themselves out of the slums, but their families and other people with them. And so, you know, to, to be a part of that is really something. Uh, we actually have started a bakery. Uh, we built a bakery in one of the, the towns down there so that there could be some sustainable income. And so we, we, we invested in a building, we built, we built a, a bakery, we bought all the equipment, uh, we supplied all the equipment, we, um, we you know, uh, hired all the people, the staff, and, and, and all of the, uh, paid all the salaries and everything for uh, a couple of years until they were literally, you know, self-sustaining. So we built a business in the in these slums that became self-sustaining, that they were able to hire people, pay them a salary, sell products to the community, and now it's self-sustaining. And I mean, it just warms my heart to even talk about that. But now let's talk. Let's talk about that warming your heart because we hear. Uh, there's a guy, uh, I forget his name, Bing or something. He was born, uh, he's one of the wealthy uh, Hollywood guys, and he just blew his brains out recently. And he inherited $400 million when he was in college, and he dated Elizabeth Hurley, and he produced a lot of movies. And, you know, he was a mover and shaker in all the, poly, the Hollywood scene. He had everything, and then he blows his brains out, you know. Uh, you know, there's an emptiness inside that you're not going to feel, feel, uh, uh, feel, folks, by just making money. You know, people have advised me on these things. Just tell people what to do. Don't talk about the, uh, the charity side of things. Don't talk too much about concepts. People just want to know what to do. Well, let me just tell you something. You better find a way to give back. and to, uh, You better think about something other than just making money. Uh, you got you got to have something that's going to give you professional satisfaction of making a difference, giving back, spiritual satisfaction of being able to connect with people on a real level and help people uh, when they can't help themselves. If they, you don't have that side of your life, you're going to be empty. And uh, you know, there's there's stories every week about. Uh, executives on Wall Street that just got back from a holiday in Barbados with a family or skiing with a family in Vail and went to work on Monday, said goodbye to the kids, and they went to a hotel and got a room and they walked and they jumped out the 34th window of the Drake Hotel. Uh, that's one that I just recently remember. Because people are driven nuts with this nine anxiety emptiness in their life because it's all wrapped, about, wrapped up about 
themselves. So I just want to put it on the table to you in terms of something to do. Something that helps keep you balanced in your life is when you have a reason beyond yourself. Um, it's great to have a business mission. We want to take over the world. We want to help, you know, uh, families. We want to make a difference here. We want to create something that's never been created. We want to help this. That And, and that's great. Every successful giant uh, company will have a big mission like that. But you need to have, also to go along with that, a mission of where you're helping people where they are and uh, you're making a difference in people's lives that's different than selling them a product or providing a service. And, you know, when you get in those in, involved in that, you get your mind on that, you wind up connecting with people, uh, other people that are like-minded. Uh, you have success stories there that enrich your life and give you empower you to do things you could never do on your own. And what it does is kind of wakes up this volcano of energy and potential deep down inside yourself that will not be woken up just by business success and business projects. That's what I'm trying to say to you. And so yeah. uh, if you've listened to this thing up to this point, I want to hear uh, Rusty as we wrap this thing up. Rusty, speak to that how it's how it has woken up uh, things inside you, allowed you to do things you would have never imagined. How it's impacted your kids, your grandkids. The, uh, talk about that. Yeah, Gary. Just a couple of really quick stories that I think will make the point um, that you're asking for. So let me back up. Uh, with Amanda Boxtel. Um, this is before she started her current foundation. She called me up one day and she said, Rusty, I have an opportunity to go to India and do some experimental uh, stem cell uh, uh, research uh, that they're having some success with, with, uh, with people that are paralyzed. And uh, I'm a candidate and I'd love to go. And I'm, and I'm just asking you if you, and your foundation would be, you know, willing to contribute to that. And I said, well, of course, Amanda. I said, how much, how much is it going to cost? And she said, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty significant amount, but I've got other people in town. This is an Aspen here, so there's a lot of rich people here. But, you know, I, I said, how much does it cost? And she told me. Quite frankly, I was surprised that it didn't cost more. Okay, and I said, Amanda, look, I'll just write you a check. And I, I just wrote her this check, to, to, and it was a, an opportunity for her to go on numerous occasions. And, but here's the key. Okay, please listen. So she goes over on this first trip, Larry, and she starts having these stem cell injections uh, to try to help re reinvigorate some of her muscles and her nerves and such. She calls me up from India and she says, Ruffy, you are not going to believe it. Now, she's been there like three weeks. She says to me, and, and I don't, you, you take this in the right frame. She says, you're not going to believe this, Rusty, but I've been doing this for three weeks. And yesterday, for the first time in 10 years, I was able to pee on my own. Now, you think about that in the context 
in one way, and then you think about it in the reality, and I'm looking at myself, and my what I thought was a insignificant, not insignificant, but a, a small investment in Amanda, and she comes back to me and tells me that her greatest joy was that she was able to pee on her own. And we went back and forth with Amanda uh, to India many times, uh, helping her along the way. And so that's, that was just, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you the impact, you know, that one little thing, you know, made on me. Then I want to tell you about, about two people in the DR. Miguel is, is this little kid that I saw down there uh, who's a, who was, uh, has cerebral palsy. And I promise you, Larry, his wheelchair looked like it had been in a nuclear explosion. I mean, the wheels were coming off. I mean, the spokes were busted. I mean, it was, it was the most unbelievable looking wheelchair you could ever possibly imagine. So I, I talked to uh, the, the, uh, the Albert's guy down there. I said, how much does a wheelchair cost? It was like 500 bucks. We went to the local store, bought this kid a wheelchair. You would think that I had just given him a million dollars. And he was so happy. He was so excited. I mean, the smile, I mean, it's just, I'm thinking, my gosh. I mean, just the little things you can do for people that make an enormous difference in their life. You know, uh, so let me let me just sort of uh, talk about my grandson. Um, you know, he's a special needs kid. He's just turned 15, and you know he's had to have special education, special education, special education, and you know it was just you know something you got to do. You know, you just do it. You just write the checks, and and to give them you know the the opportunity, and um, you know, and I, you just there are just things you got to do. And I think that if you can do that, and, and I try, I, I don't talk about that. I don't brag about that. You know, it's just something that you just say, we got to do it. And, and, and then we do it. Um, so, you know, we have our, we have our historical document museum uh, that we've now moved to uh, Carefree, Arizona. Uh, we've got incredible historical, you know, documents and artifacts that we have a, uh, a museum that we open up to the public, you know, and have people come in, and we we have school trips there and, and things like that. So, I mean, I think it's just a matter of just, you know, finding something that you're passionate about and then giving back as much as you can, you know, uh, to, to, to help you. And, and by the way, as you, as you have said, Larry, I mean, my greatest, uh, I mean, it, it just... It's unbelievable how it makes you feel when you hear someone like Amanda or you, you look into Miguel's eyes or, you know, do some of the things and you see the joy that your little thought has, has provided in their life. It's, there's, there's no words that can describe that. Absolutely. And you wind up with a personal satisfaction that you cannot, and fulfillment, you can't get any other way. And so thanks so much, Rusty, for sharing that with us. It's a real eye-opener, I think, for a lot of us. And uh, I can't wait uh, to see how your foundation grows in the future. People want to donate to the foundation. Do you take down donations from the outside? 
you, we can take certain donations from the outside. It is tax deductible. What we normally do, Larry, is if, if someone has a, uh, a need, they can donate money to our foundation and earmark it for that need, and we turn right around and send the money to whomever or whatever uh, they would like to donate to. And so they get a tax deduction. And it's really just, it flows through our foundation. And, and so uh, what is whatever. it, and how do they reach you? Uh, it's rhc, rhcfoundation.org. Okay, thank you very much, Rusty. Appreciate it. Thank you, Larry. Unbelievable. Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes and check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.